interesting one too. This is the British Airwaves report. Just do it. Oh, that's uh, really good. I think you should do the whole episode <laughs> with an accent. Uh, uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> next time. Didn't no, stop it's, there. It's great to be with you sitting on the floor like like kindergartners. Oh, and then your your stinking AC unit just turned on. <laughs> I do hate it's that. It's so loud. <laughs> I uh, I will not miss that. We're moving, so everything <laughs> in the apartment is gone. We've got a like a four boxes of kitchen stuff the on the floor cage. next to us <laughs> and it's just a big empty place i do see the ever important four volume set of reformed dogmatics within reach oh yeah <laughs> well i have those four boxes of books reserved as books i want to have access to before i unpack all the other things uh-huh nice that's fair reformed dogmatics being the the herman bovink Books that we we somewhat regularly reference on here, and will reference today. Just kidding, I didn't. I didn't. Know that. <laughs> We're yeah. going to be reading a large passage from uh, from there. It's fourteen pages. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Catechize, the podcast where we discuss the historic Reformed confessions and catechisms. I'm your host Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host Saint John the Divine of Elsie. Mm. With a fresh yes. haircut. Uh, yeah, got hey. a cut yesterday. It was. The guy was absurdly, like, meticulous when he was doing this. Like, he, <laughs> like normally you kind of have, like, a slight gauge of how they're going over your head. You're just like, all right, that feels like they've been on the right, the right quadrant for a while, so that's probably done. But, like, he went over the whole thing, and then he went over the whole thing with a different thing, and then he went over it again. And so... John, I have not had a professional haircut in almost a decade. Don't you cut it yourself? Yeah, I cut my own hair, and then friends cut it in college, and then I like learned from them to cut my own hair, and then Courtney will clean up the back. Oh, uh-huh. it's way cheaper. <laughs> well, I just, uh, I just, you know, kind of just also, schmooze the crowd, you know, and they give it to me for free. That's not true. Yeah, that's not we true. Also <laughs> have like more hair to bother with than I do. So. That's fair. Anyways, um, we are we're going to continue with uh, our discussion of hair. Yeah. No, just kidding. We've been in a three-week series on <laughs> hair. On hair removal and... No, just uh, kidding. Today we're going to be looking at that passage in Kings where <laughs> Elisha is picked on for being bald. <laughs> or Elijah. Okay. And this the little, he has the little boys be No, it's Elisha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sorry. I am... So I've never preached before. I'm preaching for the first time in a few weeks, and straight up, that is in <laughs> the section I'm preaching on. You're preaching on go up, you bald head. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> What a gift of God that I'm preaching on the passage where Elisha Elisha sends a or sea, she a bears. she bear and kills like 42 kids. They're not kids; they're young boys. Like David was a young boy when he fought Goliath. He's That's fair. Like Actually, so I read a uh, okay. This is a this is a tangent. I apologize, but I read a commentary, and the commentary was straight up just like like. The NIV tries to soften this with young men or something like that. They're probably actually kids <laughs> and well, he basically i mean the whole point is just that like you know insulting the prophet is basically insulting god and right. therefore is deserving of punishment yeah to oppose yeah god god god's got his prophets back yeah and uh in the little ways <laughs> and then in the big ministry but I, I i i prefer i i feel a little weird with that the kids getting I just feel like they're not kids, mowed down but I, they're not 
they're not adults, but they're not kids. I yeah. feel like they're probably like teenagers or yeah. something. Yeah. Like freshmen in high school. Yeah. Punks. Punks. So, right. Oh man, the story that I've been telling you I'm gonna tell during this is about one of my students who just graduated when he was a freshman in high school. Ooh. So, full circle. Oh. Anyways, today Foretaste. <laughs> today we are continuing in this kind of incidental mini series on sin. Um, with question 14 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. John, can you read that and then I'll oh. read that? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Question 14. What is sin? <laughs> Answer. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. <laughs> you read that like as weirdly as possible. The I'm... law of God. Yeah, Josh, good. you want to read it one more time I do want to do it. I'm going to read it less weird maybe. Um, question 14 uh, of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is sin? Answer, sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. All the right. law of God. <laughs> this is it. That's that's how it's pronounced now. That's how you have to do it. Have so to anyway, today we're talking about the law of God, and it's going to be really interesting. And no. <laughs> it's really important that we understand the law of God. <laughs> In order to understand sin and the other things we'll talk about. No, um, this, I, I don't know. Because there are some questions like we talk about where we get lost in the weeds because it's a really in-depth question and we're like, this is going to be a lot for You could take minutes. this five different yeah. ways, yeah. And the definition of sin is one of the ones on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, this is pretty straightforward, but it's it's also super essential and really helpful. And generally, in terms of understanding the Bible and understanding the law of God. The law of God. <laughs> and uh, the gospel, it's necessary to have a proper understanding of sin, but also to understand the the next several questions, it's necessary to yeah. have a specific understanding of what sin is. And so it's it's good to take a little time. Uh, I'll do that deep breath into the mic. Mm. I have to edit that later. <laughs> well, what I was, one thing I was going to say is I think I think oftentimes this is one of those things where you don't notice until it's wrong when yeah. you're talking to someone. Like, yep. you're like, oh, yeah, we all have the same view of sin. And then someone comes in and is like, sin is this. And you're like, wait, what? Hold on a second. Yeah. Or even when you yourself, you're like, I, I know what sin is. And then someone's like, yeah, well, what's sin? And you're like, well, it's... It's like uh, it's like the wrong thing. It's, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so we don't even realize that we don't really have a firm grasp about what sin is. Yeah. Um, and, and to kind of start off our conversation, I think we're just going to dip into this little observation that we've kind of noticed that oftentimes when like teachers or parents or youth pastors or regular pastors or whatever, regular pastors, not like you, John, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> when people teaching about yeah. the law of God, the law of God, <laughs> um, trying to find sin. There are many helpful ways that they do it, but often those ways are an attempt, intentionally or unintentionally, to define sin without reference to God. Because it's helpful even to people outside of the church, or it's at least perceived to be or thought to be helpful to people outside the church, to have a knowledge of what sin is without having to put God in the definition. But that is just, it's like, in reality, an impossible thing to do. Like, people are always like, yeah, so 
the Greek word for sin, hamartia, it actually means to miss the mark. It's an archery <laughs> term. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I've totally heard people say that, though. <laughs> and you're like, it do, it's, yeah, sure, it does. And they, they mean that. Like, you miss the, you miss the target. Um, or it's a falling short. Or it's a, uh, um, yeah, there's all sorts of, of ways to, to describe and define sin. And they're not bad. But they're, I think, all supplementary to the definition that we get in the catechism because to have a definition of sin being to miss the mark or to fall short or to to fail, those all de- demand a, th- a additional a thing, explanation. Additional yeah. explanation, but also they demand a thing to re- a reference point. Yeah, like you miss the mark. Well, what is the mark? You fall short. Well, you fall short of what? You fail. Well, you fail to do yeah. what? You disobey. Well, you disobeyed what? And so all of the definitions of sin that don't incorporate God in them all miss the required standard uh, that that is necessary to understand yeah. what sin is. Well, yeah, in the in in saying something like you missed the mark, you're implying that there is an objective mark that you should be, or you should be applying that there is an objective <laughs> mark that is to be hit but isn't it just much more like helpful to have this ambiguous like yeah it's like it's like kind of like a you like fell short but like i'm not sure of what (laughs) 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 um but yeah so the idea is of all of those is should be that you know there is a thing that you should be aiming for and if you objectively (laughs) and if you miss it you are objectively missing it not like a well, I actually wanted the target to be over there where I shot anyway. Right. Yeah. And so the the target is necessary to the definition of sin. And the target that we get from scripture that is summarized in this question and answer. Go ahead, John. Oh. Sorry, I'm yawning. It's, it's an early morning, Josh. It is early morning. <laughs> well, I thought you were in a cough. You made oh. this really weird facial expression. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, is the standard, the, the, the mark, all of that is, is God's law. Um, and kind of as we talked about last week, that sin is that which does not accord or which compromises um, God, uh, God's nature, what God has said and defined to be good by his own existence and by his word. Sin is compromising or, or going against that. And sin is this breaking of the law or compromising the holiness that is established by God in his existence. Um, when God creates all things good, it's not like he's like, I did a good job making that earth. It's like they're in a state. <laughs> I mean, that is part of it, but it's yeah. also that everything existed in a state of uh, moral perfection, sinlessness. Yeah. And not that it couldn't sin. Right. But yeah. that it, that there was it no, hadn't. there was no brokenness yeah. in the world in any way. And um, the, the corruption that comes from the fall, which we'll discuss next week, um, is the introduction of that breaking of the righteousness or sinlessness or holiness um, that God, that God's creation had at its creation, <laughs> having been made by God who is good and perfect. And yeah. so God, by his nature and by his commands, establishes the law to sin is to break that law. Yeah. And um, and so, dear listener, you may Dear, be... sweet listener. <laughs> is that weird, like... Harry Potter audiobook on YouTube where it's like Dear Reader and the guy has a really <laughs> oh, <funny. laughs> 
And so Harry grabbed the snitch yeah. with all his strength he could muster. That guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's it's. you may be wondering, well, what about the law? There's no, what, what the heck? You can't. There's what is the Wait, law? And how the Mosaic we... law came around in Exodus. We're in Genesis right now. Therefore, yeah. there's no law. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was a really bad and poorly done by me <laughs> uh, transition to this idea that God's law is is broader than the literal law given to Israel. Breaking of God's law is is breaking God's commands or or going against what God has said or defined as good. Um, and the law of God is much more broad than just Mosaic law. Yeah, but he's he's not like the um, isn't 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 it the Catholic view basically that the Pope can kind of go into a uh, divine sort of not a divine state, but like he can <laughs> really say things. To where you're going? Oh, ex cathedra. <laughs> That's what I was like. The Pope for. He... can speak from the chair and define uh, or or like give new revelation. He's only done this like three times, yeah, I think. But so. Well, the he's Pope never ha- done it. The but. Po- <laughs> <laughs> but the Pope has a, that's not how God works. Everything God declares is completely him and completely like right, right, considered right. his right. word. Yeah. Yeah. Just a useless uh, little side note there. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so to transition to talking about this idea that the law is broader and grander than just the Mosaic law, I'm going to read something from Romans 5. But John, oh my gosh, this is maybe not as funny as I think it is. But <laughs> it'll probably be funny to me. <laughs> when at the school I teach at, we do memory verse quizzes, mm. and there's different ways that teachers do them. You recite it, or you write it out for memory, or you write this verse, and then next week you write the next verse or whatever. Or you mm. get a chunk, and it's filled with blanks, and you fill in the blanks. Yeah. And my first year there, that's the kind of thing that I did. I did. You get blanks, and you fill in the blanks, and each week. There are more blanks or whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is like a four-year-old thing, and I still have it memorized because of how hilarious it was. <laughs> I was grading memory verse quizzes, and it's just, ugh, what a... Yeah, it's like, I oh, this it. is it's, what I wanted to do with my time. It's, it's a, it's a, grading generally is a horrible exercise. Anyways, I get to this one student's memory verse quiz. <laughs> And it's the passage we're going to use to talk about the law, <laughs> which is Romans five twelve through uh, 14. Wait, do you want to read the normal passage? Sure, first? I'll read the normal passage, which says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is not law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Mm. And I don't have it perfectly memorized like I used to. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. But basically, the students filling in of the blanks transformed that verse that I just read to this. I actually can't remember much of it, <laughs> but this is my favorite part. But he goes, for, but sin is count, not counted where there is not law. Yet Adam reigned from place to place, (laughs) (laughs) even even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a Christ of the one who was to come. (laughs) 
<laughs> Adam Rain from place to place. <laughs> that line has stuck with me. <laughs> that is so good. You should see if you could like ask him for the see if he still has the assignment. Oh, there's no way he does. <laughs> Adam Rain from place to place. <laughs> what grade did you give him? <laughs> I gave him it was that's that was the nice thing about those is the grade is very objective. You get a certain amount of points for the certain amount of correct blanks. We got like a like a four out of twelve or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Adam Rain from place to so place. So Adam Rain from place to place. And then the transgression of Adam, who was a Christ of the one. <laughs> Why would you think that was it? I think what he like there was a combination of put Bible words in there and yeah. also just put words that, oh, that's so true. that sound like they make sense if you read the sentence. Yeah. But never both of those things. It's never like a Bible word that makes sense when you read the sentence. Yeah. It's either a word that makes sense, place to place, or uh, <laughs> a Bible word that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Adam was a Christ of them? Adam was, was a Christ. Cause the Bible regularly uses that expression. Oh, yeah. So there, there I was are, one of the, uh, just one of many Christs. Yeah, there are many botched uh, memory verse quizzes that have like made me laugh out loud. In we the should teacher do, workroom. we should do botched memory verse, a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that when the school year picks up again. Um, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Uh, but that one has is by far the one that, that got me best. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Romans five. Um, sin was in the world before the law was given, uh, but sin is not counted where there is not law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. And this Adam to Moses period of time is like from creation until the law was given. Yeah. So any any time is covered. Basically, yeah. you have the Mosaic law having been given to the people of God and therefore in the world from Moses till now. And before Moses, you have the, the consequences of sin. Death reigned. Um, because sin exists before that law was given. And Paul's making some other points in Romans based on this, but the the ideas that he is um, using to make his point here help us to understand the nature of sin and the law and how we transgress God's law even without the Mosaic law. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is this is a helpful thing for me because I think like when you're when you don't think when you aren't using the New Testament, which you should always be, <laughs> um, I feel like it's easy to be like, but yeah, there's there's like no like real law until Moses, so I don't really know why, you know, all these other people are being punished when there's no law. Yeah. Um, it's not fair. Yeah. But the thing is, like, in Genesis 2, there is a law. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's a pretty simple law. Yeah. Do this, don't eat from the tree. Yeah, essentially, the law, the spoken law, the, the law that God has said to Adam and Eve is be fruitful and multiply and exercise dominion over the creatures and don't eat that fruit right there. Yeah. And all the other ones, they're yours. Yeah. And um, that, so there, that's the law. Yeah. Uh, but there is more, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, There's what? There is more to oh, okay. their understanding of the law pre and post fall yeah, which we'll yeah. talk about in a second but there is there are commands sorry yeah. continue no that's mostly what i was going to say oh cool um so yeah the the law does exist that god's law has is has always been known and that's kind of the next idea is that there's to to say that sin is breaking god's law it is very literally the breaking of the 10 commandments or the first and 
second greatest commandments or the whole law, which yeah. all, that's what, those are all the same thing, just yeah. compounded or, or simplified. <clears throat> or, presented slightly differently. Right. Uh, and, and so certainly that is a great way to understand the nature of sin or the specific ways that we sin. But um, the point that Paul makes in Romans in several different places in five is that there is, again, there is sin and death, the consequences of violating God's law, even before that very specific law is given because we have commands, but we also have more than that. Yeah. Um, this idea that sin is breaking God's law is also testimony to the existence of, of a conscience or yeah. how we kind of, we've categorized that understanding of conviction of sin as a conscience. Yeah. Or at least recognition of sin as a conscience. And, and a good um, exposition of that kind of comes in the beginning of Romans where Paul is basically like, hey, Gentiles, you're not off the hook and Jews, lest you think that you're off the hook because the Gentiles aren't off the hook, you're not either. Everyone is a sinner, basically, is the yeah. opening of Romans. Um, very basically. And so in, in Romans 1 and 2, Paul um, kind of emphasizes this reality that he then reiterates in Romans 5 that the law is more than just... My dog is going... Your dog is off the chin. Let me go tell him to shut up. Hold on a second. Do it. And we're back. Thanks, uh... Thanks, John. It's it's good to be back, you know. Um. Wait. Oh, okay. So we were talking about the uh, conscience, basically. Yeah, conscience as conscience as this testimony of our knowledge and understanding of the law that that based because of the the reality of creation <laughs> and God's revelation of Himself, we know right from wrong. We have the law written on our hearts, and that's that's what I'm going to read from Romans 1 and 2, just snippets. Romans 1, it's going to be um, verses 18 through 21, and then Romans 2, 14 through 16, and that whole section is worth a read. You know, check it out. Yeah. Um, but this... AC unit just kicked back on, so great. I won't be able to hear you for the rest of the time, but... <laughs> that's fine. But go ahead. Um, <laughs> but, but these passages emphasize this reality that this law which we break is not something that we are unaware of or ignorant of. So verse 18 of chapter one and following for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God was plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and all things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then chapter 2, 14 and following. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law unto themselves. Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day, when according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. And, and Paul, again, is just reiterating this idea. Everyone knows the law of God. Everyone is aware that God, has exist, that God exists and that he has written on our hearts the law. And um, the reality of sin, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this actually in some later episodes, is that our rebellion and the breaking of the law in part is a a suppression of that law and an ignoring of that law and the conviction that follows from it 
and to the Paul, point that we now even pretend like we don't have it. Right. Like, yeah. And so everyone is guilty and condemnable because everyone has had God's law revealed to them. Yeah, and I think I think this is like one of those things that's you, there's really not a good way to answer this apart from Christianity yeah. <laughs> and this um, and, you know, what we've been saying. Like, like if you say like, oh, you know, you know, laws are just like either cultural or things that are established and you're following them because you have to, but you don't really have to or. They're not, there's no morality to it. It's just a, yeah. a social construct that we've all decided that murder, it'd be a lot better to live in a society if we all agreed and shook hands on the conviction that I would I would like to not be murdered by you, so I'll promise not to murder if you do the same. And that murder's not wrong. Yeah, well, that sort of thing is tough because, like, when you push it to the extreme, it, it it's like, okay, so if that's our view, then we can't say there was anything wrong with, like, you know, the Aztecs just... Lopping off heads and throwing just, them down Just pyramids. eating people and, right. yeah, like... You have no right to say that's wrong. And so if someone if someone from a different country, for, well, let's say an ancient Aztec person showed up <laughs> and just killed someone in the public square today, right. you would have no real way to stop them, right. like in any, in any yeah, legitimate sense. Yeah. You're, You're just following your practices. Yeah. You do you. You can't tell them their culture is wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's devastating to an, to abandon an objective definition of an existence of sin and right and wrong. And in fact, I think a lot of, a lot of, well, this isn't like an original thought, just to be clear. I I sort of made it sound like, in fact, I just came up with something, but no, (laughs) like C.S. Lewis in the abolition of man talks about how basically our culture runs on the fact that it wants the results of having that objective morality, but it doesn't. It takes out the, the thing that actually gives the objective sure. morality, which yeah. is, you know, godliness and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And Everybody so, longs for justice, yeah. but we we don't want to behave in a way that brings about justice. Yes, yeah, exactly. So people are like, you know, even like, even even today, there's lots of like talk, like you're saying, of justice and injustice. Without an objective standard, there is no justice and right. injustice. You can do what you want. Right. And so you can say, I don't really like the way people are treating each other necessarily, but you have no reason to say that or reason that anyone should do anything about it. Right. C.S. Lewis does have a line in Abolition of Man, but I can't remember. It's like we've, oh, it's, come on. It's like, it's like we've castrated and bid the, whatever it is, be fruitful. Basically, yeah, look, I, I'm going to look this up. Uh, in a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ and demand the function. We men, uh, we make men without chests and expect them uh, of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings be fruitful. That's what it was. Yeah. Great quote. That is great. But yeah, basically exactly that. We've 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 cut off the the source and yet we still want the the function right it's like cutting out someone's tongue and demanding that they recite poetry yeah yeah it's not gonna happen right and in a sense there's it's like it's almost like an afterburn there's only so long you can expect people to keep doing mostly the right things and um you know without the source now the nice thing is that we all have inherently within us 
the realization of what is right and what is wrong. Right. We just suppress it. Suppress it. And and do what we want. And kind of... Pretend it's not there. Devastatingly, as Paul talks about in Timothy, I think, maybe Titus? Uh, He references that, that... that people basically have sin searing their consciences and this idea oh, that yeah, yeah. when you continue in a certain sin long enough, it doesn't feel like a, a bad thing anymore. Like the first time you lied to your mom, you like crapped your pants and went and hid in your room cause you felt terrible. And then the next time it was a little easier and now you lie to her straight to her face and you feel nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so bad, bad. <laughs> yeah. So again, sin bad. Sinbad, great guy. Sinbad, great, great character. Great. In Jingle all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking, great. Uh, there's an animated movie, Sinbad. Oh yeah, I haven't. Pirate movie. Sinbad. I yep. enjoy. I enjoyed it. Nice. He fights like a kraken in it. Oh yeah. Okay. Anyways, the idea again, sin is breaking of God's law. Everybody has God's law. Um, we have God's law in the actual law. We have it in the summary of the law and the Ten Commandments. We have it in the gospel, in Christ's proclamation of the two greatest commandments, to love God and, and others, which is a summary of the Ten Commandments and whole law. But more than that, we have God's law proclaimed to us through general revelation, through creation, um, in, in the world and in ourselves, which we suppress and ignore uh, to the point of rebellion and hardness of hearts, but this law exists. It is known by all. All are accountable for it, to it, and are guilty of breaking it. And that's what sin is. And part of, to transition to our famous segment, John, <laughs> the segment we do every week, segment that has been a part of the show since the beginning, since day one, the history of the week. <laughs> <laughs> to transition, yeah. it's been I, I've always liked the history of the week segment. It is one of my We've favorites. always done. It's yeah, I've enjoyed it, um, and I, I'm going to enjoy this iteration. The uh, what we're on episode four, and so season this is, two. This is this is like the fifteenth time we've done this. Yeah, I mean, y- you guys are very used to it at this point. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun here on Catechized. It's a great use of uh, Ecclesiastes. Um, <laughs> The, <laughs> the part of the the practice of the people of God has always been confession of sin in worship and 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 that's often lost now. Um, but I think it's a really valuable part of our our corporate and oh, private yeah. worship. Particularly I, I've said lost this, in corporate worship. I've said this before. I think in previous episodes. But one of the things I like there there are things about the church I grew up in that are like eh, not the not the best. But sure. there were a lot of things that I think were awesome. And one of them was that our confession every week was extremely sincere and somber yeah. and legitimate. Yeah. And legitimate. Like, you know what I mean? No, I got you. And, and I love um, the churches that still practice that and would encourage yeah. more and more to embrace that if it, if your church doesn't. Yeah. But this is one of my favorite confessions, I think because of talking with you, this is the one that you grew up saying. Mm-hmm. It's the confession that comes from, well, one of the many confessions of sin found in the the Book of Common Prayer from the Anglican Church. Yeah, I think this one's written by Thomas Cranmer, but I'm not sure. Um, good guy. Good guy. <laughs> loves the Lord. Loves the great guy. Loves the Lord now more <laughs> than ever that he is with him. Um, <laughs> uh, but this, yeah, this is a. I think it's just good to familiarize ourselves with um, historic things and relics of the church that ought yeah. to be embraced and used and utilized and learned from. And this week's piece of history of the church is this historic confession of sin, which I'll read for you. Um, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. And So good. It's so good. So steep in scripture. So very um, kind of embracing of the reality that sin is the breaking of God's law. It's got that just written into it. And it's and it kind of covers all sorts of bases with such clarity and simplicity. Um, I love this confession of prayer. Uh you know, good times. Yeah, it's. I remember ever because that that is the one we would read every pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and always, what would happen is right before it, we'd have like he'd be like, "Let's pause for a, my." The pastor would say, "Like, let's pause for a moment of silence," and kind of just a like silent confession. And so we'd all just it would the church would just be completely quiet for one minute or so, and then boom, drop. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I confess my <laughs> sins. <laughs> and then faithful churches always proclaim the yeah. assurance of forgiveness found in Christ yeah. following those if your church doesn't do confessions of sin. We'd always do the great part of it as well. We'd always do the, uh, well, almost always would do, it's like First John. Um, yeah. yeah. Is, uh, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Boom. Boom. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, I got it. But that's like, it's this is the gospel. This is so. Anyways, yeah. Um. So yeah, check out that and other confessions of sin, and we'll be back. Um. The With history our of the week, ever regular section. <laughs> yeah. History in, of the week, which the, I don't even know why we're saying this. You're so used to it at this point. <laughs> anyway, but no, seriously, <laughs> the history of the week going forward will be um in this season more confessions of sin. Yeah. Um. Because that's relevant. Not only hymns. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just saying. You Anyways, know, sometimes we do hymns. Sometimes <laughs> we do confessions. Let's move. <laughs> let's move to the uh, the old heresy, heresy of the week. Heresy. Dum 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 dum. Of the week. So, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what it is, and I want you to explain it. So, basically, it. the idea of this heresy of the week it's it's kind of a, an elaboration of some elements of Pelagianism. Pelagianism we discussed last week. Yeah, Pelagium is the Pelagius. Pelagian. You okay? <laughs> Pelagianism is the view, basically, that Adam was a bad example for us. We all are born in a state of being equally able to do good and evil, and we all follow Adam's bad example of doing evil. Right. And so part of that no original sin. is this distinction of two different kinds of sin and a denial of one of them. Basically, um, Pelagius and many others, and probably most people have the same conception, um, we deny sin the noun and affirm sin the verb. Sin the noun doesn't exist, but sin the verb does. John, what what do we mean by that? Yes, yeah, so, so with this sort of distinction, basically what people are saying is like, yeah, I've made mistakes. That's like sin the verb. Yeah, we've all, you know, we've all sinned in that way. But sin the noun, this like state of being, this state of being sinful is rejected. Right. Basically that, you know, you you can have sin, but that doesn't make you a sinner. Right. Like, because being a sinner sounds really like mean yeah. and really derogatory towards someone. Right. You know, you're saying they're like... You're defining part of their identity and sinfulness, and that's right. wrong. Right. Yeah, they've made mistakes. We all have. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So the 
this is obviously, you know, goes against everything we've been saying today. I was, I was right before the episode, I was actually looking on a certain uh, Mega Pastors website. Mega Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Church Pastor. Mega Pastor. I, I love like, that. Mega Pastor versus Mega Shark, like yeah. a, a B movie. Yeah. There's there, a Velocipastor. I was just going to say that Velocipastor. A certain Velocipastor's website. But no, I was, I was looking up this. Uh, His name rhymes with mole roasting. Yeah. <laughs> or Pole Coasting. Nice. Um, but yeah, basically, this is a little blog post he had on um, John 8. That In John 8, for those who don't know, is the passage where it's it's about the woman caught in adultery and how Jesus um, basically is like, he who has no sin casts the first stone. And he uses the exact expression like, yeah, we've made mistakes, but that doesn't make them a bad person right. type yeah. thing. Yeah. And sin... Sin is something you do, not something you are. Yeah. And so that is so like that is a thing people believe. And, you know, particularly out, if you go outside of the church, that's what you're going to find most people holding to. Like right. everyone makes mistakes. That doesn't make you a bad person. Right. It's like, well, actually making one mistake makes you a bad person before right. God because you're beneath his standard of holiness. Imperfection. And uh, can you think of more than one bad thing you've done in your whole life? Yes, you could probably take today. Yeah. <laughs> How about in the last five minutes? How about since starting the episode? <laughs> yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's clearly in the Bible, and like even if you think of your own life, you can realize that yeah. sin is a defining trait of who you are. Yeah. It is built into who you are. You cannot stop sinning if you wanted to. Right. And I think that the 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 kind of paradigm or the way that the confession summarizes the Bible's teaching on what sin is helps combat this right yeah so the idea that sin is the breaking of god's law well if you break the law that's in the verb that's what you have done yeah but people who break the law are guilty yeah and so it's our law breakers you, yeah it's also who you are and this is a thing we understand in the world like if you commit a felony you are guilty of that felony you have done the thing but you are also now a felon yeah um and so the, this category is something that we understand. We just don't like to apply like to apply it to our natures because it's it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but yeah, that's it's very much in a, in understanding with how we understand bad actions and uh, the existence of injustice. I feel we just I just don't it, like to apply it to this context. Like, but, I I was just thinking. I feel like there's like yeah, like Hitler did bad things and is a bad person. Yeah. We're not like Hitler. Right. But it's like, you may not be quite the same. Well, honestly, you haven't committed the same sentence as Hitler, but you are equally a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so... You haven't done as bad of things, but you're equally condemnable. Yeah. Because the, the standard of God's law is perfect keeping of the law. Yeah. Just because you and Hitler are both, and me and Josh and everyone else is wildly below the line doesn't mean we can be like well in the 3000 depth you know pit that i'm in i am two feet above hitler so (laughs) we're good or even ten thousand feet above him who cares yeah you're still deep in the pit yourself yeah um although that doesn't work if it's a three thousand foot pit and we're ten thousand feet oh you know what maybe he's in a thirteen thousand foot deep pit well i thought you said we were three thousand whatever this is we don't need to express we digress (laughs) point being 
those who break the law and do sin are guilty of breaking the law. Yeah. But Christ has come and uh, suffered the consequences of the law on the cross and mm. conquered sin and death and makes all his new, which is what Paul continues to say in Romans 5, that passage that we read earlier. Good news. Great news. Um, of the gospel, which this section of the catechism leads into, which is great. Sin drives us to the cross. Yeah. And we uh, won't be getting, you know, explicitly to the cross for till next season basically till next season question 20 or 21 or something like that we'll kind of end with an introduction to it and then really expand on it next season anyways uh next and last segment this week's questions with the catechumens is more of a call to action because we did get a question from ian h from grove city actually a member of the fraternity that we were both a part of um and he asked about dispensationalism Mm. which we covered couple episodes ago yeah so my call to action ian if you're listening did we answer your question in the episode (laughs) what question was that or no i mean yeah what episode was that do you remember we discussed dispensationalism in the uh episode about um the adamic covenant and i believe it was heresy of the week was it yeah so so yeah, Ian, if you haven't gotten the chance, go check out the Heresy of the Week that week. We didn't we didn't cover it in like it was immense detail. That was episode two of season two. Okay. Yeah. We didn't cover it in immense detail. So if you're like, actually I was kind of, you know you know, you well, this for you or anyone else who has questions about dispensationalism or anything else. Yeah. If there's something particular, feel free to just send it to catechized at gmail dot com. Nice. Yeah. Um we I'd just we did cover that, but we covered it prior to getting the, the question. So I yeah. just want to make sure, did we answer your question? If not, follow up. And everyone else, follow up. Send us your questions. But I think that's the show. Sweet. That is the show. Great. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening and following us at CatechizePod on Instagram and Twitter. Please leave us a comment or a like or a review on Apple Podcasts. Smash do it that right. like button. Shut up. <laughs> um, Spotify or iHeartRadio or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Or Deezer. I think Deezer is some sort of streaming platform that that one person uses. Nice. Good for them. Good for you, Deezer user. (laughs) Deezer user. Um, Title, if you're big. uh... Stop it. Send your questions (laughs) to catechizes at gmail.com. And uh, tell a friend. You know, if you have a friend that may or may not want to listen to this, (laughs) tell them about it. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Catechize your kids. Now he's left, so this is just my show for now on. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Pokemon for the rest of the day. Um, my favorite's probably Gengar. Josh's favorite is Squirtle, I think. I, I've asked him before, but I can't remember exactly what he said. I think he said Squirtle, actually. But yeah, big Gen 1 fans. Um if you made me pick a newer one, I'd probably do. Oh, that's tough. What would I do? Sorry. Anyway.